Thanks, Tim. Well, grab a seat. How, good's, how great is worship? It's so good. Did you just get it down pat? Like Sunday morning? Did you sort it? Come on, let's play it. Who reckons they're a good team? That's great. This morning, uh, what I've got is uh, my title for this. We're just going to go straight into the preaching. Is that all right? Does anyone get offended not giving right now? Okay, I didn't think it would offend anyone. But right now, we're just going to go straight in. And, and what it is, is uh, I've called it Easy Like Sunday Morning. Who thinks it's easy on a Sunday morning to get out of bed? So I thought that was a great paradox. It's like, you know, sometimes it's not that easy to get up on a Sunday morning. And uh, the paradox that I've been thinking of is this, is resting under a yoke. Who's ever thought of that? Whoever reads their Bible and opens up that scripture and, and you have a look at it in Matthew eleven twenty eight to 30, and it says this, it says, Come to me all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly of heart, and you will find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden is like Who reads that and feels inspired? You know, you open up the Bible and that's the first thing. He's like, you know what, come on, come to me, all that are heavy, and I'll give you something to put on. Anyone know what a yoke is? A yoke is something, it, if we got the next slide. A yoke, this is a yoke, like you, you have an ox and when they're working in the field, if you want to work them as a team, they have a yoke that they put on so that they carry the load themselves. And when you read this scripture, you, you have a look at it, and it's like, well, this yoke, it's saying, hey, listen, come on, come to me and, and, and lay down your burden, and I will put a yoke upon you. I will give you rest, but at the same time, I'll give you something to do. Who's inspired right now? They're saying, come on, come and find rest, but, you know, there's something more that I've got for you. And and even when you have a look at these things, as they, I think the next one is that, you know, they, they put them together and then they share the load as they do the work. I, I don't know about you, resting under a yoke, I, I think this, resting under a palm tree on the Maldives sounds good to me. You know, sign me up right there. But then I open the scriptures and it's like, have rest, have rest and, and let's put on a, a yoke. Come with me and I'll show you rest and let's work together. I don't know. I must just have a weird family, I think, sometimes. Growing up, who's had those scarred childhood memories? As when you grow up, I remember my dad, he, you know, he's a pastor too, but before he was a pastor, he was a farmer. And who knows that farmers just don't sit still any moment of the day? It's like, you know, he came to a little block and every house that he had seemed to have like an acre or two acres attached to it. Even to this day, he's heading on to 70, 70 next year, but he's always got the land. And for him, the land has to provide for him and his family. And so every time that we got a house or something like that, is that, who knows, when Saturday morning come round, for us kids from school, there's always something to do. It's like, as a teenager, you're going into that weekend, you're thinking, you know what, this is going to be fantastic. I'm going to be able to sleep in past 10 o'clock. You know, I could play Xbox all night. You know, great things are going to happen. But who knows? 
I had one of those fathers that had something else planned every Saturday. Who's, who's like that? Who's got those childhood memories? Who's one of those parents right now? Well, you know, as soon as that, and I would get up and I remember I moved away from home for a while. Then I moved back home at about 22. And I came back home for a little bit of time and I just had, you know, stayed with them and then they moved out and left me there. And, and so what took place was, I remember this because my younger brother was living with us at the time and all the family were there. And I moved back in just because I was moving from Melbourne to Brisbane again to find my feet and stuff like that. And I moved in and I remember the first Saturday coming around. I had worked all week, but who knows, some things just don't change. Eight o'clock came. Radio son, we've got this to do today. You know, I was out there. We were, it was like I am reliving my childhood. But I, I got a brother, and he's a little bit younger than me, and I think he was like 16 at the time. And I'm like, where's Jeremy? What's he doing? Mum's like, well, on the weekends, we don't see him, son. Like, I know why you don't see him. But I remember this one weekend, and I don't know what we were doing. We were maybe pulling a tree stump out by hand, you know, with shovels and as you do when you're an old farmer. And so we're pulling this thing out, and we see Jeremy walking back, and we're like, he's walking back. You've got to understand, as my parents had the precision or the, the most elite car that you've ever driven in your life as a 17-year-old, they had a 1974 or something orange golf. And every chance he got, he took that golf. And I'm thinking, he's walking. You know what he'd done? The night before, in order to avoid the Saturday morning rush, is he got the car stuck in the bush, bush bashing. And I'm like, that's dad's car. But he would do anything to get out of anything. On a Saturday morning, we would be there, we'd be working, and I'd be like, Dad, it's Saturday, come on, it's, it's time. You know, I, I, I think of this, R&R is rest and recreation. Who knows that? Who agrees with that? But when I read this scripture, I find it's R&W, rest and work. And it's a paradox within itself, but if... Today we're just going to delve deeper into this and have a look, but who knows that there is sometimes truth in the statement, if you have kids. Is it for a lot of us that don't have kids, we mightn't understand R&W. Is it who knows that when you've got four kids, is it when holiday season comes, is it you just want to get them back to school and you want to go back to work for rest? So there is truth within this statement. And so today I want to have a look at this, and I really want to unpack it from the Message Bible. Is that sometimes, is that when we, we come into a place, is that we need to get back into routine, we need to get back into rhythm. And in Matthew eleven twenty eight to 30, if we look at the Message version, it says, Are you tired, worn out, burn out on religious religion? Come to me, get away with me, and you'll, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me, work with me, watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. This morning, easy like Sunday 
morning, resting under the yoke. My question today is, how do we find rest? When, when we read this scripture, how, how do we truly find rest? And I want to pull some keys out of this scripture. The first one that I want to look at today is, is that, come with me. So it says, come with me. Are you tired, worn out, burnt out on religion? Come with me. That's the call of Christ. The first thing to finding rest is really it's Jesus calling us just come with me. It's a posture of invitation. So Jesus himself, he's saying, hey, listen, you know, if you're burnt out, if you're feeling weary today, come with me. I, I have life. I have the answer. Come with me. It's an invitation. Is it right now, is it Jesus in this scripture, he's talking to the Jewish people, he's saying, you know, there's the Old Testament, you know, it was good, it was holy, it was righteous, but it didn't bring liberty or true rest because it was weak and it depended upon man's ability. In other words, what he's saying is, you know what, where you are now depends upon man's ability, just come with me. Come right now with me. Is that if you look through the Old Testament, they had codified roughly 355 prohibitions and 250 commandments. The Pharisees basically would teach this. They would say, you know what, do as we say and just obey our system. And they would teach this over and over again. And then Jesus, he comes along with this statement and he just says, come to me. He says, if you want to find rest, if you want to find purpose for your life, just come. It's a call to turn from whatever you're previously depending upon and depend upon me. He's saying, hey, stop depending upon the laws and statutes. Stop, stop depending upon those things. They are good, they are holy, but they cannot save you. You actually have to just come to me. First Peter 5.7, I love it. He says this, he says, Cast all your care upon him, for he cares for you. In other words, come and lay it all down at my feet. Jesus is saying, come, come on, whatever issue you have, whatever moment you have, right now, come and just lay it upon me. That's why I love that moment of prayer request where we're lifting our faith. What we're doing is we're saying, God, we're coming and we're giving you all that we have. We're coming and we're giving you all our, we're coming and we're giving, we're putting petitions to you. Why? Because we need to depend upon you in this moment. I love seeing time and time again when we pray for prayer requests corporately and individually that we see miracles take place in the house. It's because we've come to understand as Jesus says, come, come, come to me, come and lay upon. You know, don't depend upon your own ability. Don't depend upon the theories and theology that you may have. Just come and depend upon me. Christianity is a relationship with the person of Jesus Christ. Sometimes I think we forget that. Is that we try to find the right method, the right theology, the right rhythm of how we should do things, but in turn, it's just a relationship with Him. 
And so we wonder why some prayers don't, why some, well, my question is, how's your relationship with him? It's not a call to a program, a system of religion, a church, or any human leader. It's a call to Jesus. It's a call to Jesus. God uses churches and people and, you know, theological systems. But in turn, all those things should just point to Jesus. All that we do in our life should just point to Jesus. Every moment, every opportunity that we have should just point back to Jesus. Christianity, it's an intimate relationship. It's personal. It's a relationship with Jesus Christ himself. And Jesus says, just come. Just come. When was the last time you just came to Jesus? Are you tired, worn out, burnt out on religion? Come to me. Today, he has that invitation for you and I. And I don't know where you stand in this building, but some of us have may have walked into this place not with a relationship with Jesus Christ. We know about God, we know some theology, we know about religion, but we actually don't know Him personally. And at the end, there will be an opportunity where the invitation will be given to come. My second thing, as easy like Sunday morning, resting under His yoke as this, is walk with me, work with me, watch how I do it. It's a call to discipleship. I love this moment here. Is that Jesus, he always says, come. The invitation is always there, but then it's up to us. Have you noticed that? I, I love the statement. It's one of my favorite statements. He says, come as you are, but you know what? Don't stay as you are. I love that because when he does say come, and there's always something else. It's like there's always something that God has for us. Anyone ever notice that? Life's never dull and boring. Because sometimes we think it's supposed to go a certain way, but then it goes another way. Sometimes we ask God, God, can you answer our prayers? And, and we're like, all of a sudden, something shows up, and it's a miracle in itself. And it's like, God, I wasn't asking for that. But he's like, well, that's all right. You didn't need what you're asking for. You really need this. Because you need to be bigger so you can be someone else's answer. And I, I love this is that he says, walk with me, work with me. You know, it's a call to discipleship. He's saying this, walk in my direction, alongside of me, work with me. That's what he's saying. If we look at the King James Version, if we go back to Matthew, if we've got it there, Matthew eleven twenty eight, he says, come to me all you who are labor." who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Make, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Again, going back to the yoke. How is it that when 
God wants to put a yoke on us. Or he tends to, you know, we walk, we say, he says, come, and we're like, yes, we're coming. And then all of a sudden, you know, when he starts to just put discipleship upon us, he starts just to speak to us, starts just to just speak, whisper into our ears a bit of discipleship. He starts to just put his, slip his yoke over our neck. How many of us dodge that yoke? It's like going into the paddock and putting the yoke over the oxen. You, you've got, and the way they would train them is you would have one mature one that is used to the, the yoke, and then one young restless one. And they'd always pair them together because the older one would settle the younger one. But it's always harder to get that yoke on the younger one. He, he bucks, he, he kicks around, he nothing's going over my neck, nothing's holding me. And I think sometimes that's the same as us with God, is that we've lived in this area for so long, and when he says, come, and he says, hey, you know what, right now it's time to move forward in this thing. It's time to come into play. You know what, we, we start to resist, we back off, we refuse to truly listen and submit to his word and acknowledge his authority. It's like, God, you know, this is my life. Just back off. I might give you Sunday every three weeks. I might speak to you during the week when I think about it or when I'm that desperate. But as far as just sitting and listening and reading your word daily or maybe not. And we start to pull away. You know, what we've got to understand is that we should never be afraid of what God has for us. Because His heart is pure. His intention is for us to see us reach our full potential that He has for us. It's not about comparing to someone else. It's actually just about us and who we are and our individuality. I love this. Religion will weigh you down. Relationship with Jesus will set you free. But we have to understand it. We have to understand. Galatians 5.1. I love Paul, what he says here. He says, stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free. He has made us free. And do not be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. He says, come, I'll give you my yoke. Take off the burdensome yoke. Take off that yoke that oppresses you. Take off that yoke that holds you bound and find freedom. When Paul wrote this, he was writing to two sets of Christians. He was writing to the Christians who were previously Gentiles. He was saying to them, hey, don't go back to the worldly ways you practice prior to being called by God. He's like, don't, don't go back there. But then he was saying to the religious ones, he was saying, hey, don't hold on to the mistaken view of earning salvation by obedience to God's laws. He's saying, hey, don't go back there. Understand this, as we are saved by grace. 
But I love it. He said, we are saved by grace. I love that whole concept that we are saved by grace. I love the extended concept of that is that, you know what? We are saved by grace for good works, not by good works. That's where a lot of people get stuck. It's like, you know, I don't have to do anything. I can just sit here upon the Lord. Because oh. I'm saved by grace. I don't have to change my lifestyle because I'm saved by grace. Yeah, you are saved out of and into. Into. I, I, I was thinking about this and putting my own little thoughts together. And I, I believe this for the Gentiles or for those that have never grown up in a Christian home or come in for the first time and find God for themselves, what he's saying is, hey, change your lifestyle, not your personality. Because a lot of people think that they come in and they've got to change and they've got to take on, decide, take on the yoke and, and it's like all of a sudden they lose their, don't lose your personality, please. God gave it to you. We don't want religious people. And I believe he's saying to the religious people, he's saying, you know what, hey, you need to loosen up. You know what, you too need to change your lifestyle. You know what, you actually need to get your personality back. That was quiet. But sometimes we get so stuck in certain ways that we actually lose our own identity and who Christ has called us to be. And he's saying, find who you are. Find the grace that I've called you to live in. Ephesians 2 8 to 10, for those that really want to know that we are not saved by good works, but by the grace of God for good works, is this, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. today, created. He is calling us to walk and work with Him in the strength which He gives us. Not in our own strength. When He says, come, come and depend upon me, that's what He's saying. Come and depend upon me, walk with me, work with me, watch how I do it. The same call that He gave His disciples. He said, come and follow me and I will make you fishers of men. That's his yoke. He's saying, hey, hey, come and I will make you disciples. And I love this whole concept because it's not saying that I should go and make Tim a disciple. No, he should be a disciple of Jesus. Not a disciple of Sam, a disciple of Jesus. That's for the whole church. He's saying, hey, come. Come and I will make you my disciple. I will give you my yoke. I will give you my heart. I will give you my purpose for your life. The third one is learn the unforced rhythms of grace. Learn from me the rhythms of grace. How many people actually realize that they have a rhythm in their life? Now, for us as a family, we have family rhythms. We have individual rhythms. 
And I, I look and some people would call these routines. Some people would call them a set of rules that we live by. But for us, I believe that it's a, it's a rhythm. And, you know, for some of us, we have weekly rhythms. In our family, we have a weekly rhythm of, a, you know, we will come to church Sunday morning, Sunday night. And that's just a, a weekly rhythm. And within our family, if, if for some reason my kids don't come Sunday night, I know about it. Dad, are you really saved? I want to go to church. No, your, your brother's sick. You, you've got to stay. No, I'm going. And so some Sunday nights, you'll see Carolina not here, maybe with the sick kid at home, but I've got two demanding girls that I'm here. It's a rhythm. For some of us, we have yearly rhythms. Is at certain times of year, that's when we take our holidays. Nothing changes, nothing moves. That, that's the rhythm. That's what takes place. For others, monthly rhythms. But I think for me is that rhythms are something that when you're in a rhythm, you find rest. For instance, my personal rhythm is that in the morning, I, I like to sleep all night, for starters. Sometimes it happens, sometimes it doesn't with four kids. But, but my normal routine or rhythm would be in the morning, I'd be up at 5.30, 6 o'clock. Up at 5.30, 6 o'clock, the, the rhythm starts. Carolina's up, the house is moving. The kids are fed, the beds are made, the kids are dressed. Carolina's hair's done. We have breakfast together. We put it all in the dishwasher, it all goes to plan. There's a rhythm of how our life goes. You know, when that rhythm happens and it, it goes really well, I'm a happy dad. There's no arguments right here. I can get out that door at eight, quarter past eight, or eight o'clock, whatever that time is, and I can be at work on time, and I can be, yeah. In a rhythm, you find rest. But sometimes that rhythm doesn't quite go to plan. For some reason, we sleep in. I, I don't know what the reason is, but I could probably give you four. But when, when they sleep in and I don't quite get up at that 6 or 5.30, 6 o'clock mark, my day doesn't quite look that harmonious. The kids know it because I'm harassing them. Like, you know, if I'm not in that rhythm and you get in my way, I will run you over. Just ask my wife. And she's like, whoa, you got out of the wrong side of bed. I'm like, no, my rhythm is messed up. It's like driving down Anzac Avenue. Who knows that there is no rhythm to that road? It will mess me up some mornings. And I think this with us is that sometimes is that we have a rhythm. You know, I, I find that when I'm in my rhythm, it is easy. It is, you know, it just works. When I'm out of my rhythm, problems occur. And Jesus, he's saying here, he's saying, hey, come to me. 
Come to me, you know, walk with me, work with me and learn my unforced rhythms of grace. And when we step into His unforced rhythms of grace, you know what? It just works. It just works. But then for some of us, it's like, well, why isn't my, why haven't I got any, why isn't, well, maybe you've just stepped outside of His rhythm of grace. He says, learn. And like that time where He's trying to put the yoke over us and we're saying, no, 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 I don't want to know. Sometimes it's like that when He says, hey, just learn from me. No, I don't want to learn from you. We're like little kids. Like one of my kids, you know, you're trying to help them. You're trying to encourage them, show them how to live life. Show them how to vacuum a a bedroom or pick up their... And they're like, you know, I I know how to do this, Dad. Get away. I know it all. You know it all? Well, you can move out right now before you forget it. And sometimes we're like that with, with God and He's like... My rhythm's there for your life, for this season, for this moment. And that's what I find is that when it comes to rhythm within your life, your rhythm will change according to your season. Have you ever noticed that? Rhythms change according to the season that you're in. And I believe that's the same with God is that each and every one of us can be in a different season. And no one in this room's rhythm will ever be the same. I cannot say, you know what, you must read your Bible, you must do this, you must do that, because your rhythm will be different to my rhythm. But as long as we acknowledge that God has a rhythm for our life, for the season that we're in, and when it does change, we need to understand that we need to still be in the rhythm that He has for that season. Or else we find ourselves outside the rhythm thinking, God, I was with you last week but where are you now? And he's like, I've just changed your rhythm a bit. Will you come and learn a new rhythm with me? Will you come and learn afresh and find rest? And when we're outside that rhythm that he has, what I find is that you will not find rest until you come back into that rhythm. Come back into that place. Sometimes we can take the same mentality that the kids have when God starts to say, hey, just learn. James 1.22, it says, But be doers of the word and not hearers, only deceiving yourself. God's rhythm of grace is always realistic and sustainable. And in it you will find rest. In it you will find rest. You won't find worry. You won't find distress. You'll find rest. Just as long as you acknowledge Him and His rhythm for that time. By living in His rhythm, it transforms, it shapes our lives and allows freedom to grow as we were meant to. Allows us the freedom to grow as it will meant to. I love what 
A.W. Tozer says. I'm just going to wrap it up now. A.W. Tozer says, Jesus calls us to his rest and meekness in his method. The meek man cares not at all who is greater than he, for he has long ago decided that the esteem of the world is not worth the effort. Today, are you willing to just come? Are you willing to let Him cover you with the yoke or with His disciples? Are you willing to walk with Him? Are you willing to work with Him? Are you willing to learn from Him the steps in the rhythm of grace and find rest? This morning, if you just bow your heads, close your eyes, I want to give this opportunity. Maybe you've walked in here and before I spoke about this moment, an opportunity to just come to Jesus. I don't know everyone in this room, but I'd love to ask,